Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs, bring you another episode of Locked on Wolfpack. And before we get into it, I've got to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. Now, Grayson, you and I are going to be discussing this loss that we suffered in Cameron. And, you know, we'll do the good, the bad, the ugly, the things that we take away from this, which are silver linings, the things we take away from this, which leave us shaking our head and scratching our head. And some things that we've talked about going into this that just, you know, they they reared their ugly head again. Does that sound like a good show to you? Sounds like a good show to me. Not like the game, but the show at least. <laughs> exactly. We're going we gonna to vent. We're going to be a little angry. We're going to be a little happy. We're going to talk about some things, all things Wolfpack basketball on today's episode of Locked on Wolfpack. You are Locked on Wolfpack. Your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. So Grayson, we sit here today looking at a loss that, of course, again, this was a, a potential quad one win that we could not come away with in Cameron as we lose to the Blue Devils um, in a, a competition that was, you know, it was very close. We covered the spread, which had us as a six and a half, I believe, point underdogs. We, we covered the spread, but we didn't get the win. 71-67. Initial thoughts and reactions to this game. Oh, boy. Uh, I mean, extremely frustrating because from what I saw tonight, and I guess if you want to go back to January too, this basketball season, we are better than Duke. I I truly believe that. I think we have a better team all the way around than Duke does. And I thought we gave one away tonight. I thought we had plenty of opportunities to leave Cameron with a win and just didn't – couldn't execute, didn't shoot well. Uh, I know, I know Cameron indoor is kind of the, the house that coach K built, but uh, I think we, we, we put in a nice, uh, nice, lovely addition in the building with the amount of bricks that we laid tonight from three. So frustrating, very frustrating. I, I mean, rebounding, you knew that was going to be an uphill battle. I thought we left a lot on the table there. We did okay, but just not the level we needed to, to come out with a win. And then, I mean, a lot of people I think are going to hone in on the foul discrepancy here. I'm not so concerned about the fouls. I thought I thought we fouled too much. I thought we had some right. very stupid fouls um, that were warranted. Um, we can talk about the the tech that Jaquavion got. I thought that was ridiculous. Um, and that, that was kind one of the worst techs I've ever seen. That was that was, and and I'm a Pistons fan. I saw the Rasheed Wallace staring down the ref tech. And I was like, okay. That was completely ridiculous and a complete overreaction. But I still want to point out that what, why is Terquavion shoving him over and over and over again? Like, should it, been, should it have been a technical? No. Did he flop? Absolutely yes. But yeah. if you're Terquavion, you, you, can't, you can't afford to put yourself in that situation from the jump. So that was frustrating, especially because – Duke went on, I think it was a 7-0 run immediately following that tech. When we were we were punching back with him. You know, the up until that point in the first half, 
it was very even. Everything that they were hitting, we could we could come back down the floor and reciprocate. So that was tough. And then, I mean, I thought – I mean, Jarkel was outstanding tonight. But I think because no one else could really provide, Jarkel and DJ, no one else could really provide. And so we just kind of sat back and we're like, okay, Jarkel, I guess if we're going to win tonight, you have to do everything. Well, I mean, that's not going to work. It's just not yeah. going to work. And I I am going to point some fingers. Not quite yet. We'll get to that in just a second. But I'm going to be emotional, and I will point some fingers. But, you know, the good was Jarkel tonight. Outstanding. He's, he's truly been carrying our team lately. Um, I'd say the pretty good was DJ. I thought, you know, it was – he was struggling to get some calls that really never came for the most part, but I thought he fought anyway. I thought he played a pretty decent basketball game. Also in the pretty good category, I'd throw Jack Clark in there. He picked up a couple cheap fouls in the first half, but came back strong. It was He was one of our you know most important players alongside Jarkel in the second half that contributed to what was almost a comeback there at the end. But And then uh, the ugly, that was uh, Casey Morcel, and that was Sir Quavion Smith tonight. Not good. Not good. Just flat out not good. And I would go as far to say as for Terquavion in particular, it's a bit embarrassing because he is supposed to be, A, the most talented player on this team, and B, a leader for this team. And tonight he was neither in a game that we really needed him to be. And we've mentioned it the last couple episodes. It's been He's been a repeat offender in that sense. He is severely struggling right now. And did he cost us the game by himself tonight? No, but he was pretty close to to earning that uh, segment, unfortunately. So frustrating. I'm going to let you have at it now. Go ahead. I very strongly disagree. Okay. I think think that Jaquavian did cost us the game (laughs) single-handedly. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. It's not just the lack of scoring output. It is – what is one of the main things that I've always said I've either given him direct praise or direct criticism for? When his shot is not falling, how do you affect the game? That's the question. I said that that was the thing for him because last year he never had a shooting slump that was this bad for this long. So in my mind, you carry on with what you did freshman year. You build upon that to some degree. You have better players around you to make defenses have to worry about more because no disrespect to Terry Henderson and company. No disrespect to those guys. I'm sorry, not Terry Henderson. Terry Henderson was well before him. Um, Who is it that I'm thinking of? Light-skinned guy uh, from Battle Creek. Um, He was the leader. Devin Daniels. No disrespect to Devin Daniels and company. They're not the same type of threat. You didn't think the same type of things. No disrespect to uh, the guard that transferred to LSU, Cam Hayes. No disrespect to him. You don't have the same type of pressure defensively when Cam Hayes is coming up the up the court with the ball that you do when Jarkel has it, which alleviates some of the pressure on Terquavia. And yet your splits are worse with better talent around you. You didn't have a Jack Clark coming off the bench last year. The Casey Morcel that we're seeing this year mops the floor with the Casey Morcel from last year. The table is set for you to eat. 
and you're knocking food all over the floor, son. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. And I know some people are going to say, well, Ken, there were all these other things that in a four-point loss, uh, a player that is averaging 17 points per game puts up eight, and you're going to tell me that that doesn't make a difference? Well, okay. Again, with me, what I always say about the Quavian, what do you do in the other parts of the game, right? No blocks, no steals, uh, five rebounds, two assists, but two turnovers to match. I'm sorry. You did not affect the rest of the game positively enough for me to look up and say, oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's clear. It's clear that even though his shot is not falling, he's positively affecting the game. And so if your shot ain't falling and you're you're having a tough time getting things done in terms of of in terms of all of the other parts of the game. And again, this ain't a blame Terquavian thing. Because you're right. There is plenty of blame to go around. But I just think that you can and that he should, as the leader, look at himself and say to himself, the team was rolling in positive momentum until that technical foul. Again, is that affecting the game positively? It's a terrible tech. It's a terrible tech. I'll give him that. Sure. What did you do to galvanize the team after that? There was a point where there was a loose ball where he and some player from Duke, I can't remember who the player were, but they were on the ground tussling for the ball and they were holding on to this ball for dear life and they were going back and forth about the ball. Baby, this ain't football. They're going to call a jump ball and the possession arrow is going to send it one way or the other. Period. That's what's going to happen. There's not 22 men on the field near that ball, on the court near that ball. There's 10 of you and more likely than not, there's even less of that and in this particular scrum, There was you and one other player. What are you doing all that wrestling and tussling for the ball for? And then when he gets up, DJ Burns has to give him a mouthful to kind of tell him, hey, dude, you got to calm down. So I'm not saying that this is just on Terquavian. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that you can argue that he single-handedly. Again, that man has been so cold this month. They, They don't even need AC when the Wolfpack comes to town or when we're in the PNC because he alone is going to drop the temperature in the room about 5 to 10 degrees, automatically. However hot you are, don't worry about it. Just get closer to Quavian. You'll cool off a little bit. So, you know, that's that's what I look at in terms of the bad. And I'll be back with some um, with some good, because I, I never want to leave you with just bad. But before I t- get into the good, I've got to talk to you all about FanDuel. Folks, this is the midway point of the NBA season. It's here. And now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, it's easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, Grayson, when I look at the good, DJ Burns, Jarkel Joyner, obviously fall into the good. They obviously fall into the good. They're still performing, still doing things at a high level. That's what I like to see. But another thing that I would say is good, Jack Clark has been a revelation off the bench as of late. You know, he's he's playing at a level that had he been playing like this all season, he he would have been a shoe-in for ACC Sixth Player of the Year. Like, not even – not even an if and a but about it. And granted, I understand that most of it was he was out because of injury, but he's been a revelation. And here's another thing that we must tip our caps to do, because sometimes you got to tip your cap and say, you know, it is what it is. I do agree that NC State as a whole, average game, average day, you know, you don't never know what happens. You just select these two teams and say play at a neutral site or play at the PNC. NC State is a lot better than this team. This Duke team is one of the first Power Six conference teams ever, ever to have their first year head coach when go undefeated at home. So, I mean, while, yes, I do agree we are the better team. Yeah, I do agree. Again, random moment, random, you know, ACC tournament or, or you know, just a random drop us off anywhere. It is an early season Maui Invitational type deal. I think we win the game. However, that is a different team in Cameron. And again, they're undefeated in Cameron. This loss sucks. You don't want this loss, but you live with a loss to a team that hasn't lost at home all year. Yeah, I mean, and you mentioned it the last last episode that, you know, Duke has kind of benefited from, I guess, a weaker schedule here in February. And they're kind of starting to play their best basketball of the year, I guess, at the right time for them. They're starting to heat up as we're getting into uh, postseason play here in a couple of weeks. But again, I. I just really felt like th- this game was extremely winnable in in all facets of the game. I thought overall, I thought our defense was pretty good, probably more so in the first half than the second half, but I thought it was pretty okay. We were forcing them like deep into the shot clock a couple times, forcing Absolutely. some 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 bad shots that they were able to miss and we would come away with the rebound, but I thought, especially, I guess, in the second half, like right away in the second half, they they came out and threw a couple punches, and we, we looked like we were still sitting in the locker room. We weren't ready for it. So that was a bit irritating because I thought we had built enough progress that we're, you know, we're, we're able to stay in the game and, and, and punch back. But I just thought there were too many lapses at times. Um, Roach, I mean, he, he kind of – he was getting whatever he wanted on DJ, which is a bit surprising. He was kind of – weaving in and out and flipping it underneath of them. But, I mean, but, hey, credit to Roach. He hit some tough shots, and they went in. We had some tough shots, and they did not go in. So, ultimately, I think that was the overall difference in this game. We just just didn't hit enough shots. So, as frustrating as it is, that's basketball sometimes. So. Yeah, and you and you look at this game, and, and, you know, another one of the things that I say is a good is our perimeter defense in terms of defending the three. Yes, we might have overplayed some players and got blown right by, but to force them to go two of 19 from deep is a pretty big deal. 
that's a pretty big deal. And we've talked about this all year, how well we defend the three-point line. I'll tell you what, if we can shore up the the interior of our defense, if we can find ways to kind of manufacture more or better interior defense or better on-ball defense in terms of stopping dribble penetration, because we're when it comes to stopping teams from shooting threes, we're one of the best in the nation at it. But what happens when they put the ball on the floor? How good are we then? We've had many a game where we look good at that as well, but this this was not one of those games. Like you said, Jeremy Rose got what he wanted when he wanted. It was it was like I mean we must have looked like the the best whopper at Burger King because he was having it his way whenever he wanted, when he wanted in that paint. And so, you know, it's it's one of those moments where you kind of I understand that DJ Burns got a little bit of foul trouble and and you know became apprehensive towards uh, fouling whatnot and I. I, I get it, you know, that you you see the call like the one that went against Ebenezer Duana where um, he's got complete verticality. Duke player literally leaps into his outstretched arms and gets a foul call. I get that. But at the end of the day, the game is the game, baby. You still got to play through it. You got to play it. Hey, play on, man. Things happen. So what? What's next? So, you know, that's that's kind of what I, what I walk away um, from this thinking. And with that being said, um, before we get into the ACC tournament, are there any final thoughts or anything else that you wanted to touch on from this game that we hadn't gotten into yet? Um, yeah, so I also, you know, touching back on the defensive end, I thought we defended Filipowski pretty well. He's one of their main contributors. He finished 2 of 11. Now he had 11 points. Seven yeah. of those were at the charity strike. So I thought we did a pretty good job on him. I thought that the – a couple instances of him getting to the line were a bit questionable. Like you just mentioned, there was one on Duana. I think there was one on Burns where, I mean, to me, at least, I'm sitting here and, you know, Durham is 30 miles away. It looked like we're about as straight up and down as we could have gotten and still had the call go against us. That's basketball sometimes. You got to play through. So as frustrating as that was, I thought we defended him pretty well. You know, as honestly, the others too, Lively, you know, he didn't do a whole lot of anything except rebound, which, you know, that was a gaping hole against us. But I didn't – I was very unimpressed by Duke offensively. I thought what they got, we basically gift-wrapped them on a silver platter. I don't think that they were spectacular. Like, for example, Clemson. They were just creating and hitting the whole yeah. time on Saturday. Did not feel this way against Duke. We kind of gave them whatever they got, and then we kind of squandered what we had. So – I don't know. It it is what it is. It's very frustrating, and it's a it's a tad bit nerve wracking, being that this was our last regular season game, and now we just have to sit still for a little bit over a week now because ACC play starts uh, toward the end of next week. We're done for the regular season. We don't play this weekend, which is good, I guess, in the rest department. But feels like we're we're giving the committee some uh, some material against us, which. As a state fan, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say we'd rather that not happen because of, you know, our history in that sense. But as it stands now, I think we're still in the tournament despite losing two in a row here. Uh, I think it goes without saying that we absolutely need to win at least one game in the ACC tournament. Um, Still going to have to figure out who that's going to be. I believe if everything holds exactly how it is now, I think it's the winner of, I want to say, Florida State and Notre Dame. Don't want to count anybody out, but that feels like a game we have to have. And then from there on out, 
it's a dog fight. So we're going to see what happens. Um, it would have been super nice to have this one on Tuesday night. Couldn't get it done, but got to just get ready for what's coming forward. I got to give Coach Keats credit for something. I don't believe in moral victories. This team fought well, but that's not what I'm going to give her credit for because that's the minimum. I expect that, you know, uh, one thing that my head coach in high school, Thomas Widger, told me is that Cast Tech, we don't coach effort. We don't coach energy. That's That needs to be there from the first snap to the last. That needs to be there. However, I need to give Coach Keats credit because all of Coach Keats' tenure, I've been screaming what as my biggest criticism of him. Talk to me, Grayson. What's been my biggest criticism of Keats? Running set plays. Running set plays. I need to see a set that this team has dedicated to memory. They actually ran a good amount of set plays. We did. They ran a good amount of set. It wasn't iso ball. And the set plays were getting us good looks. I mean, that the, the double screen that they gave to uh, Terquavian that turned into a double screen for Casey Marcel coming in right behind him where uh, Terquavion was the decoy, Casey was the actual shooter. At, I looked at it and I said, hold on now. Wait, where do we get this one from? Where'd this come from? Where, I haven't seen this. The set that they ran where um, I believe it was a very similar motion, but when DJ set the screen, he rolls to the free throw line area and is going to get the ball with the ability to either face up or, uh, you know, get to work in the post against um, against whatever defender is on them. I don't like that play very much because it gives teams an easy way to double-team DJ, which I, I don't think is a great, great idea uh, with who he is and how he is. I just don't think it's a great idea to give teams a, a basic uh, fielder's choice, if you will, of how to double them. I don't think that's a very smart idea. But it's a set play. It's a set play. And I'm like... Hold on. We've got sets now. This is a thing. We're not just doing, oh, kind of dribble around and, you know, you set a pick and roll and, oh, maybe pick and pop. Oh, we'll see what we can get, you know. Oh, try to get some dribble penetration. See, what... We got set plays. And we, so I thought we generated a good amount of pretty solid looks. They just weren't falling for us. You know, it's, it's one thing if we're jacking up wild things all night. Um, I thought, you know, Per usual, Terquavion was a little bit of a suspect of that, and even some Casey Morcel as well. But outside of just a couple instances, I thought the looks we were getting were good looks. We we were running enough, you know, pick and roll, screen, just ball movement, cutting to get the you know create looks that we we're looking to have. Just didn't put the ball in the bucket. So tough. Absolutely, and the the one thing that I always enjoy about tournament time is that the whistle tightens up for everybody. Because NC State, and this is the beauty of it, yeah, we don't get the calls during the regular season. Absolutely not, sure. But you know what's the the fun part of that is? DJ Burns is now learning to play through. There will be an immense amount of contact. You will not get a call. So what? These other guys from these other schools, they're not going to be ready for that tournament whistle where it's like no blood, no foul. They're not going to be ready for that. DJ Burns is going to be like, oh, this is a slow Tuesday for me. This is this is what life is like for me. This is where I live. This is how I enjoy things. So, you know, that's uh, that's to be coming up as well. Um, but we're about to land this thing. But before we do, we're going to get a quick word from our sponsors. 
So all in all, the regular season is officially over and we'll have a full episode somewhere in this next week to talk about how we feel about the regular season in depth. But just off the cuff, without, you know, having time to fully examine and look back through the entire regular season, how do you feel about this regular season? Um, I think, you know, as I guess it's hard to talk about it now and during a couple of losses here at the very end, but I think the only way you can look back on the regular season is that it was an absolute success. The the writing of the ship from what we experienced last year to have the most regular season wins, I believe it's since 1988-89, the most regular season wins since Jimmy V was still coaching here at NC State. Don't give what, up. Don't what a up. regular season for Kevin Keats and the Wolfpack. I yeah. think it, you know, you can't, you can't emphasize enough how great the the transfers have been, the Jarkel, Jack, DJ. I mean, the the life that they have injected back into our program in such a short amount of time is nothing short of incredible. You know, we're we're sitting here March 1st is I guess tomorrow. March 1st, oh my gosh. March 1st is tomorrow and we are talking about NC State in the NCAA tournament again. We have not been able to do that in four years, five years. No. And we are on the verge of making it back. So it, it feels so good to have a team to desperately want to win and desperately follow. And they're fun and they're, they have such a, a love for each other on and off the court. Something that we have wanted so badly the last four or five years and probably beyond, we have now this season. So – what a ride that it's been. Um, I I hate that we have to sit on our hands now for seven or eight days because we don't play until the ACC tournament again. But what a what a ride it's been. Absolutely. I, I agree. I agree. I look at this regular season and I say it's it's been a stunning success. And and I'm going to tell you, some people are going to hate that I say this. Kevin Smith still has money to make. He should probably come back. He should probably come back. He has a ton of money to make. I mean, again, I, unless, unless he goes nuclear in the tournament, there is a lot of money to make because, you know, if you look at this game in particular, you show a lack of poise, a lack of maturity, uh, the lack of ability to kind of – I don't think anybody is expecting you to come in and be a leader right away, but people are going to come in and expect you to be a pro right away if you're going to the NBA. And – what are we doing if your older teammates are having to pull you to the side and say, hey, dude, get it together uh, and all that good stuff? And, you know, you you trust that, oh, yeah, our team has good veterans and we'll, we'll, you know, make sure that you go the right way. But if you're only counting on teams with good veterans you to be uh, available for, the new NBA is younger than it's ever been. The veterans are getting pushed out quicker than they've ever been. So guess what? That's a good chunk of league gone right there. That is a good chunk of the league going in terms of who can draft you, where you can go simply because, and again, this isn't a knock on Tequavian in terms of like, I don't like you personally. It's, they ain't saying that. This is an honest opinion of him. Again, I've said that, you know, with Drake Thomas, there was nothing he could gain from coming back to NC State. We've seen him be one of the best pass rushers in the league. We've seen him have three interceptions and all that, good, three, four interceptions on the season, all that type of good stuff. We saw it. We saw him a 100-plus tackle guy. There's nothing he could gain to come back. Tequavian has more money to be made by showing my freshman year wasn't a fluke and this is not who I am. Because even if we say, well, hey, you've just had a bad February. 
on this season, even before February, he was slightly less efficient than what he was his freshman year. Again, with better pieces around you, with a better situation to eat, it just didn't happen. So, honestly, I look at this regular season, I say a lot of good happened. A lot, a lot, a lot of good happened here. And I'm excited to see uh, where we can go in terms of these tournaments. And again, we'll be bringing in an episode next week where we fully delve into, um, you know, breaking down what the season was in review in terms of regular season and what we're looking at in terms of the ACC tournament up ahead. Thank you all so very much for coming out, Wolfpack Nation. We appreciate you every single time. Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go Pack. Go Pack. You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.